When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest Blakey's Boot Room podcast here from Wales Online. I'm Dominic Booth, joined in the studio, as always, by the legendary duo Nathan Blake and Paul Abandonato. How are you chaps? How was your week? Great, thank you very much, Dominic. Good. Paul? Cardiff won. I enjoyed the day in the sunshine there, sitting in an Indian stand. Mm, it was... Mm. I was the wrong side, weren't we? Um, a lovely... We were, the but... The sun was the other side. A lovely rare slice of sun- sunshine in, uh, in Cardiff. So let's get on to that, Blakey. Um, what did you make of a return to winning ways and a better performance all around, really? Yeah, I thought the first staff performance was average or below average, if you like. I thought the, um, as I identified you at the game, you could see Whittenham as the game was going on. He was playing in the 10 role, but gradually went deeper and deeper and deeper. And by the end of the first half, he was playing as a six, which uh, is, is no good. You know, he, he's he's got to play that. He can play that six role if he's got someone like Gunnison next to him, so you're playing two, and he has a bit of a more of a free role. Um, but as a ten, as the you know the provider, if you like, then uh, he needed to play up up the park a lot further. But um, second half come out and they were at it. You have to say, scored straight away, and um, didn't look in any danger of losing it for me. Is that a Neil Warnock team talk that's done the job there, Paul? A classic half-time rollicking from the mm. boss? Yeah, I think so. They were um, very lacklustre in the first half. And actually, I turned to the person next to me um, after Brentford scored and I said, you know what, I know this sounds ridiculous, but that's just what Cardiff needs mm. because they need something to fire them up here. They're not, um, they're not playing at the intensity and the level that we expect of them under a, under, for a Neil Warnock team. And it transpired that Warnock did have that conversation with them at half time, which was <laughs> that's a nice way of saying it. Okay, Paul. which was supposedly instigated by Ronnie Jepson. Um, so yeah, because Jep will lose his head. He would. You lose your head. Or was it Blackwell? It was Blackwell as well. Blackwell. Blackwell. Well, Blackwell. All three of them are quite aggressive in their in their approach to the way they coach. Um, I believe Blackwell said to Warnock said to Blackwell to give him a kick up the backside to mm. prevent complacency because even Warnock's feeling the complacency is yeah. that normal well, to- well, it is yeah I suppose um, a team that's safe not going to make the playoffs not going to go down um, not really playing for anything even though we say keep saying they're playing for their future some of them next season um, but some of them aren't are they some, some, yeah, of, them are safe. some of them some of them aren't you know but it's difficult to perform with like six men on it and five men off it. It, it. It's so difficult, and I felt it was kind of no one was taking the lead and trying to grab the grab the game by the scruff. It was sort of drifting, if you like, just drifting into whatever result happens, happens sort of thing. That was sort of the attitude. And then second half, clearly they got a rollick in, and um, I would have thought by all three, because like I said, all three are quite aggressive in there. 
coaching manner. Um, There's no good cop, bad cop going on in that dressing well, room. Well, in that situation, it's all bad cop for me. <laughs> you, you know, you weren't good enough to get someone saying, oh, well, not to worry. You know, that is a time when you need a rocket. And, um, yeah, clearly it worked. And uh, they got the result they, they deserved the second half. But first half, no, they didn't deserve much out of it. What about Whittingham then? Because maybe his first half, second half comparison in the game was indicative of what he's like as a player, I guess. Can flit in and out of games, can provide moments of genuine quality. Paul, I'm going to ask you this again. Uh, is Peter Whittingham going to be a Cardiff City player in August when they roll up for the start of next season? My, my instinct, when, when it's a 50-50 call, and I think it is, is that you err on the side of caution. And so it may be he accepts a pay cut and stays. Um, but let's be honest, what did we really learn about Peter Whittingham on Saturday? I don't want to be the exception to the rule here because everybody's giving a Peter Whittingham loving at the moment um, on the back of, of what he did against Brentford. But what did we really learn? Um, that he can set up goals with set pieces. Look, if I took all Cardiff City set pieces, people like Morris and Bamba and Co would get on the end of some of them. <laughs> Look, I know he's got a wonderful delivery, or he's certainly, you know, um, but it's inevitable he's going to create goals. Yeah, he scored a nice winner, beautifully set up by Zahora, clever header for the uh, with his right foot for the for the winner. He can pass the ball, but that first half passed him by, I thought, Blake. Yeah, yeah it did. Was, it did and, like I said. and what I would say is, did we learn that much that we don't know? I would say that for, for weeks, Blake has been saying that if Whittingham stays, it will be as a 20 to 25 game a man merchant next season. Um, not There will be the occasional start and he'll do the sort of thing he did against Brentford. Mm. But I'm, I'm not sure we are really that advanced just because he has scored a winner and uh, set listen, up a goal. He could, he could score four in the next five games and set up five chances and get five goals from him. It doesn't make uh, an ounce of difference to me. You know what he's capable of. If you don't by now, then you'll be walking around blindfolded for the last ten years. So we all know what he's capable of and we all accept that his talents uh, becoming diminished if you like they're slowing as they do as you as you get older but like I said I think he does stay personally I think if he leaves I said last week he would probably have to take a pay cut anyway so I don't think there's many championship clubs who could match the kind of wage he's on for, for a start um, look you might get lucky and the Sunderland come in for you and they pay you over the odds because they're so desperate or something like that that situation could arise, but I would have thought children, married, settled, you know, you're at the age where you're 35. You, at this age, as a footballer, you think one or two things. I'm not going anywhere because all my family are settled and I'm going to end up, you know, living in Cardiff for the rest of my life or I'm going to go home. So those are the two options. It's not about, for me, I don't think it's about money now. Listen, you can't embarrass the boy and say to him, you know, three quarters of what you're earning is gone, is a quarter. I don't no. believe that would be mm, right. Yeah. But if you said half or in between half and three quarters of what you're earning, that's what we're going to pay you. I think that would be acceptable. So There's clearly a disparity between what the club value Whittingham and maybe what he values himself. Yeah, well, you have to, you know, at the end of the day, you don't ever want to undervalue yourself. But you get to an age where you know... I'll be very lucky to continue on that sort of wage. So 
the options are there. Uh, and one one thing I would say is, what did work Saturday was the partnership and getting a goal from the up to the big man, knocked down to Whittenham, who's in a number ten role, and and he finishes. So I would have thought, from Neil Warnock's perspective, he'd be quite happy that that worked the way it did because it showed. That is basically what you would set out to do on a training ground. That's that's the work you would have been doing all week. And when we got the right time, uh, ball up to Kenneth, Kenneth, chest it, get hold of it, lay it the wits, and either slip the pass or finish. And for him to get a goal in that manner would have been pleasing from Neil Warnock's point of view. But well, That happened in the second half with that, with that winning goal and a bit more, but... There was no evidence of that in the first half and I thought the side looked very lopsided and Zahora was left very isolated with limited service. Um, I'd make two points. One is, great for wits. We left Cardiff City Stadium with a big smile on our face. Um, sunshine, it, you know, Cardiff had won a game it, and it was great to watch Wits do what he did. It doesn't take away from the fact that Cardiff still need a dynamic, creative number 10 Absolutely. with legs in that position. Well, team's not that, is and, I, and I also think they need a, what Blakey would call a number 6 or a number 8 to play next to Aaron Gunnison as mm. well. A midfield bosser, I would call mm. him. I also think that Whittingham was, was judged the fans' man of the match. Yeah, fine, great, I understand why. But I, I wouldn't want it taken away from the fact that I thought the defence were magnificent on Saturday, all of them, particularly Joe Bennett, who was man by... Who was there, 20, who was was there 23? Man. Brentford. The uh, right winger. The way Joe, Joe Bennett was sort of marking him wherever mm. he went across the pitch, and I thought he did a superb job on that. The centre-backs were good. Jazz Richards was good again. Mm. And you look at that and you think, with Gunnison in front, with a good goalie coming in behind, and they've got one, they won't tell me who it is, but they've got a goalie lined up. And Zahor up top. I'm beginning to buy into Nathan Blakey's theory. This is a good foundation from mm-hmm. which to build a potential promotion push, providing you get the right bits and pieces yeah. around them. Yeah. And a 10 and a bossy 8 for me, and a wide player, a pivotal mm. for that aim. Mm. I don't think it should be allowed to deflect away from the fact that Cardiff still need th- strengthening in those areas. Mm-hmm with mobility in those areas if they are to launch promotion push. And a number nine position, I think they need support for as a whole because 46 games in a season up front in a three, which is basically on your own, facing two centre-halves, nine times out of ten. So you run out of gas by January or you'll have a big dip come December, January and then may come again February, March. But you are going to need cover for that number nine position. So as Paul says, you need someone to sit alongside Gunnison and Gunnison be the number eight, box to box. You need a number 10 creative, but both need to have legs. Yeah, Mm. Um, One very creative, the other, you know, almost genius-like in the number 10 position. You you really need to... Yeah. You know, something totally different, yeah. you know. And I think Cardiff need that in the Who squad. Who can play with his back to goal Absolutely, can well, play anywhere. Which, which, which Wits can't. Yeah. He's got a lot of strengths, but that's yeah. not one of them. I don't yeah. think anyone's ever argued that Whittingham is a number 10, though. He, he mm. does, he's never, he's never been here. But then what you see now, what happens is to quality old players, it's the same happened to Steven Gerrard. You start moving them and trying to put them in positions where they have to use their legs less. Just if you remember when Steven Gerrard played the number... Six role for Liverpool. Everyone said he got two years left, right? Two years he could play for another two, three years in that position. The following season he got robbed left, right, and centre, and all of a sudden that two years became right at the end of the season. It's all over for you. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, and 
he's one of the greatest midfielders I've ever seen or played against. Trust me. So every great player comes to the end of their career, something as that. And I know the Cardiff fans are thinking, we love him, we don't want him, we can still. But listen, I'm talking about teams to win the championship, not to come second, not to come third. No, I'm talking teams that win the championship. You've got to have that creativity. You've got to have legs. In this, the way it's going, more and more teams are playing like, like if you look at Fulham and the way play, they play, dynamic, quick, passing through the lines, people always on the move, a lot of rotation. That's the way the game is going now. So it's going to be difficult for Wits to hold down a number one spot. I just don't think it's possible. But, like I've said... Come on here, 20 minutes, settle games down. We need a goal, put him on there. 15, 20 minutes, you start three or four games in a row here or there. That's a, that's the way it's going to go for me, for Wits, if he stays. And I don't know what the split is amongst Cardiff fans, Tom. Um, he does divide opinion on Wits. Well, um, can I just just put in and say, yeah. I did my player ratings yeah. from the Cardiff game on Saturday. Looking at my phone as I was walking back on Saturday evening, I was tweet after tweet, Cardiff fan, why is Whittingham only a 7 out of 10? Why is Whittingham yeah. only a 7 out of 10? And I, I said, because he was poor in the first half. Yeah. Mm. And they, they weren't having it. It was, it was almost a blinkered perspective yeah. of this yeah. man can do no wrong. And Absolutely. when you've served the club 10 years, you, that's yeah. probably why. Mm. Yeah, and he deserves that. And there are Cardiff fans who, will, who will think... Don't you stop giving the tru- your truthful opinion yeah. because that's of important. that. That's important. Of course, yeah. Whittingham, yeah. Whittingham had a poor first half, as did the rest of the Cardiff team and the majority of them. Um it, it's there are Cardiff fans who think that he can fulfil the roles you know play for 90 minutes play 40 odd games a season and lead Cardiff promotion I respect that viewpoint but I, I'm with Blakey I don't agree with it anymore no you know? no um, and I think that Gunnarsson is a shoe in to hold the midfield what about Joe Ross can we touch on him for a sec because we haven't even mentioned him here mm. and I actually thought he was exceptional on Saturday I think he he does the jobs that no one else wants to do. He's not the eye-catching, big, creative talent in number 10. He's not making those big challenges in the number 6 role, as you say. He's the box-to-box player. Does he get overlooked? Has he got a role to play next year? Can I answer that, first of all? Of course. He has got a role to play because Warnock loves him. Mm. I don't necessarily see it myself, but Warnock does. So I think he and Goodison will be the midfield linchpin around which they, they base the team going forward if you like protecting mm. the defence um, he, he probably had a poor season a he, poorish season by not, his own yeah, admission he's not getting as many shots in as I've seen him get in um, during his career um, so I think he and Gunnarsson are there it's a question of who plays in front of them which is this creative 10 we're talking about personally I think they need a bossy midfielder a replacement uh, for Riles well I'm not saying a replacement because Riles clearly has got a role to play but I think they need somebody next to Gunnarsson who, 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 who physically dominates the game mm-hmm. if you like um, with the 10 in front but I don't think that will happen I think that he has a role to play I think I think that Warnock has clearly set his stall out Riles and Gunnarsson are his first picks in midfield so I think he's got a role to play mm. ok how about the candidates for player of the season then it's not going to be Wits it's not going to be Riles <laughs> I think there's only two. You think there's only two? The club have released a 13-man, I'd call it a shortlist, but there's 13 names on it. 
I don't know what, what you think about, uh, about the likes of Lee Peltier and Jazz Richards being nominated for... Oh, I wouldn't like that. No, this is genuine. I wouldn't like to be the players not on that list. I think it's only uh, Bamba and Gunnison. That's it for me. You can't think of... Any, you can't uh, think and you might, you might sneak Zohor in, but if you're looking over the course of the season, you'd only say those two, OK, Bamba come a, a few games after the start of the season, but... For me, it's only been Bamba and Gunnison. It had Zahor started the season and started the season the way he's been over the last three months, then it'd be him for me because, you know, getting goals in a, in a mid-table to lower-table team is very difficult. So it would be him. But his form has only been for a few months. So over the course of this season, I would say either Gunnison or, or Bamba for me. I don't think you can get 13 players out of there. I'm not sure. Paul, would you go the same way? Um, I think McBleaky has always speaks sense. And if I take an objective view, I have to agree with him. But I would go for Zahora myself because I think he's done enough. He's only played since Christmas, Paul. I know, but if I can... I think <laughs> it, it is. I, heard of him in October. I think he has done enough. And I was a cynic of Zahora's, by the way. He has totally won me over. Mm. I think he has done enough in the last three and a half months to offer real hope and enthusiasm going forward. And I went to that game on Saturday with an element of, you know, there's a complacency mid-table, blah, blah, mm. blah. But you suddenly look at him and you think, there's hope there. And he didn't have a particularly good game by his standards, and yet he has still set up the winning goal. He has won loads of headers, which others weren't getting close to in the first half, I thought. And he won on one run in the first... And, Brentford had a damn mobile defence as well. Mm. On the far side of the pitch, the grand side of the pitch, he went on one run where down the right-hand touchline, and I was just looking at it thinking, crikey, this is some player, this. Mm. You know, he really troubled them. He kept hold of the ball. And I think I'd give it to him just because of A, his goals in a struggling team, B, that he's scored a lot of those goals off his own bat, and C, he offers so much hope for next season for me. Mm. He really does. I think we're going to have to cut out that section and put it in next next year's edition of the podcast when Zahora has one player of the season. Um, what about the likes of, of, if you stretch out a performance throughout the season, the likes of Bruno Manga? What what could we have seen of him if he'd played the whole season? He'd surely be a candidate for for the best player. Well, he, he could be. He could have had a stinker after 10 games and one I'll drop him and say, yeah, not, not for me. You know, I, I I don't think I think if you look in the flip side of that, you look at someone like Zahor, like Paul just said, who's seen that coming? No one, no one be saying that Paul Abandonado at the end of the season would be an advocate for Zahor being, you know, player of the season. Paul but, certainly didn't see it coming. Well, I, I didn't see it coming. No, no one seen it coming. Nobody did. So it, it it works both ways, Don. Really, it does. So let's bring in two Cardiff City fans into the debate at this point. Jamie and Phil are here in the studio. From a fan's perspective, lads, who's your player of the season? And, and would you agree with Paul's ludicrous assessment that... <laughs> <laughs> no, would you agree with Paul that Kenneth Zahor should be, should be included in the, in the debate? <laughs> Go on, Phil. For me, Zahor is the player of 2017, but not player of the season. I'm sticking with Blakey on this one. It is between Bamba and Gunnison. I'd say that Gunnison probably edges it just for consistency and from a fan's perspective as well, the effort he puts into every game is unquestionable. Um, so for me, he, he edges it for player of the season. And Jamie? 
Um, for me, Zahor was was just dreadful in the early parts of the season. I think I actually saw him run the ball straight out of play with no one around the other <laughs> I thought, this guy's the next Cornelius. <laughs> um, in terms of between Gunnison and Bamba, I mean, <clears throat> it seemed easy for Bamba to come in in October, uh, just coinciding with the Warnock bounce and coming in and doing a job when things are going well. But for Gunnison, he came off not having a pre-season. Came off the Euros, which was difficult for a player, especially a championship standard. Um, he comes in, he's a pretty poor start along with the rest of them. But for, for him then to pick himself up, raise his own standards and become a brilliant player, a big part of the season. If I, if I had a pound for every time I put him as man of the match this season, and for him to pick himself up from being so low, from, being, from having that bounce in the Euros and being one of the best players in the competition to one of the worst players in the car team and then picking himself back up. I think I think he's he's got a okay, season. I've got a question for everybody. Okay. Bamba Gunnison. Take Gunnison out. Are Cardiff as strong and still get to the position they are? Okay. Take Bamba out, put Gunnison in, because Gunnison was in, remember? When Cardiff were at their worst. Okay. The jump, if you like, has come with Warnock and the signings he brought in and the biggest one out of Hoylitz and all the rest of them, Shamax, the one who was leading the line, if you like, and almost like a captain in waiting, has been, for me, has been Bamba now. Does Bamba play the same way as he has done without Gunnison? 100% for me. Did Gunnison play as good without Bamba or was it when Bamba came in behind him then he regained the kind of form that the boys are talking about? So for me, that's why I say if you're looking from a player's perspective, the most important person for me has been Bamba. Can I argue against that, Nathan? Please, absolutely. Can I say that if Aaron Gunnarsson had had a fully fit Bruno Manga behind him for the start of the season, we might, we might see a different player. And I think Cardiff's midfield would be so lacking in bite without Gunnarsson. Mm. I think Gunnarsson is a, is a more important cog in the machine than Bamba. OK, so when the start of the season when Gunnarsson was playing... But was with, with, no, oh, oh, with no bite, <laughs> with no bite, no consistency, no performance level that was worth talking about, with no one behind him, that was the result. But was that so, Bamba or, or Warnock that had that effect coming in? Well, I haven't seen Warnock in shorts and boots yet <laughs> playing behind him, so I would say it was probably Bamba. And the two of them do lead, do bounce a lot off one another if you see them in the game when it comes to talking and leadership and organisation. So for me, I understand what you're saying, but Bamba edges it for me because if I'm in the dressing room at the start of the season, I'm looking at Gunnison and saying, well, you've just had a fantastic Euros. I expect you to lead the way you have been leading Iceland. Didn't happen for whatever reason. Now you can talk about managers and what have you. But as soon as Bamba came in, it raised Gunnarsson's performance level. So he didn't need a pre-season. He raised his level simply by having a stronger player behind him. We knew, I don't have to be worrying or thinking, 
actually he's leading me as much as I'm leading him. So for me, Bamba just edges it. Can That's I, just personal. Can I come in before I sack our work experience youngsters <laughs> disagreeing with me so openly? Uh, joke everyone, their parents, by the way. Um, do you know what? The more I th- as Blakey talks there, the more I th- realise it is the three of them. Um, it is Gunnarsson for some ridiculous reason wasn't being picked by Paul Trollope despite captain and Iceland to the quarterfinals of, of the Euros. Bamba was brought in by Warnock, obviously. So Warnock made, immediately made Bamba and Gunnarsson kingpins in the centre there. Zahora then has flourished further forward. And it's like the three of them have yeah, just... right down the middle. Off at a spine, down the middle. You had a goalkeeper to that. You had Bruno Manga to that and a another. You've got good fullbacks. That's a decent team. So moving forward. So it's like the three of them have almost... Bounce one off another, each other, yeah, absolutely. Right down the middle. Absolutely, but that's how it is as a player. When, mm-hmm. I've, I'm, when I'm up front and I'm looking back on my centre-half and I'm seeing Jerry Taggart and Chris Fairclough, I think a lot better getting past them today, right? If I look and I see... I won't name any names, but if I look and I see <laughs> two, and I look, uh, yeah, I look and see two weaker players, I'm going to be thinking... We need to get first, and you know I need to score early and try and get in the game and stay in the game as long as possible because I know the opposition is going to terrorise our two centre halves. Now, you know I think pre-Bamba, I'm not saying Morrison was getting terrorised, but he didn't have the leadership quality that was needed. Clearly, a manga. Well, whatever happened was happening behind closed doors. We don't know, but for me. The Bamba situation is is the most important, I I think, because he bounced off. I think Gunnison bounced off the fact that he had someone who was prepared to tell him also, be there, do that, get hold of him, get stuck in, make sure he doesn't run off you, blah, 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 blah. Mm. So I think the combination of Warnock and Bamba, because I think even if you brought Warnock in and left... Morrison and them on their own I don't think Manga or Morrison would have led the way Bamba does and although, although my personal preference would be for Zahora for the reasons I've outlined which I think is a compelling case <laughs> um, I think that Bamba will get the nod I think it will be Bamba who gets it who do you think will get it well looking earlier after about an hour or two of the voting Gunnison was leading mm-hmm. right? Gunnison was leading and Zahora was second actually right. ahead of Bamba I think two fans in here say yeah. both say Gunnison. I think so. I think the fans because they're going to get the say with the vote. I think it will go to Gunnison. I think it will go to Gunnison. Jamie, you're a fan. What do you think? Yeah, I think Gunnison's going to take it. Like, like Phil said, it was again it was between Zahor and Gunnison. But I think you could vote as many times as you want. So I'm not sure. Well, when does the vote? <laughs> when does the voting close? It's going on for a while yet, isn't it? I, it, what, yeah, I don't know to be honest with you. Okay. <laughs> but it, it'll be it'll be going on, and we'll be. We'll be discussing this in a little bit. I think Gunnison will win it, because most people I speak to say Gunnison. And okay. there's, there's the, the fact that he did have a good Euros, and he's been here quite a while. So Yeah, that. Okay, let's move on to our next topic. Mm. And it stems from a performance given by Arsenal at Salhurst Park on Monday night, which caught social media by storm. Crystal Palace 3, Arsenal 0. And comments made in the wake of that by Neil Warnock saying, claiming, tongue-in-cheek or not, that his centre-backs were ten times as good as Mustafi, 
Gabriel, Koscielny, Blakey. Just to throw that ball into I your court. You, I don't think you probably would have been tongue-in-cheek. I think he probably would have meant it in the fact that you've got footballers who technically gifted, technically good, you know, can bring the ball out of defence, can pass the ball 60 yards, can put it on a sixpence. But the first thing I ask is, does he love defending? That's me personally. Right? I'll give you an example, Jason Perry. Right? Jason Perry, footballer, okay. Mm. Not great, couldn't pass the ball well, wasn't like picking out 60-yard passes. Got better when he played alongside Kevin Ratcliffe, it must be said, but that wasn't his game. But stop the ball going in your net, put his body in front of a truck for you, you know, tackle a rhinoceros, the boy would do whatever it took to stop the ball going in the net. Now, I'll take Jason Perry a hundred times over anyone who's going to say, oh, well, he's nice to bring the ball out. Well, first and foremost, I can put another player somewhere else to bring the ball out for me. But my two centre-halves have got to be able to defend. And I think that is what Warnock is alluding to. The fact that Bamba, uh, and he had a go at Manga, if you remember, because he lost his marker in the box and stuff like that. Mm. And that's what he's talking about. You've got to be prepared as a defender, first and foremost, to die for the cause. And if you've got that about you in your spirit, it doesn't matter how good you are, bring the ball out, because certain times you're going to come across a, an attacker like an Andy Carroll who's just going to just smash it to smithereens. And Ben Teke, for me, on Monday mm-hmm. night, the defenders classic old looking <laughs> looked about four times before Ben Teke challenged him in the air and didn't, didn't jump it. hey listen uh, that's that's poor that's poor remember a comment by Neil Warnock Paul um, I think after Bamba's first game when he told him you're not effing Franz Beckenbauer <laughs> does that does that say more than anything about this debate with the Arsenal defenders well it does you've got to remember that you do need uh element of football and skill to play <coughs> centre-back in the Premier League particularly for a team like Arsenal but that example that Blake has just cited when the ball was up to Christian Benteke is the example Warnock used where he claims that the Arsenal defenders were sort of looking, looking, looking but not yeah. going for it I guarantee you Bamba, Manga, Morrison would all have been straight into win oh. 100% right um, also if you look at leadership skills and there are those questions against Arsenal at the moment well, we've discussed Bamba's leadership skill already, mm-hmm. you know, so um, it must have been tongue-in-cheek. Let me say something like, I don't, I don't think, think it was. I think the point he's trying to make is, do you take Gabriel? And that's the point. Do you take Gabriel from Arsenal or do you take Morgan from Leicester? i take Morgan. End of. Well, look at, yeah, you... But, what I would pose as a as the flip side to that was mm. you put if you put Mustafi in a Championship side, I'd absolutely no doubt he would look like a Rolls Royce of a defender. I don't know about that, mate. I see Mustafi play against I think it was Bayern Munich. I see Mustafi telling. There's his a difference right, playing Bayern Munich. No, no, no. It doesn't matter about who the opposition was. That's what you need to understand. Okay. <laughs> this is about <laughs> right. This is about this is about understanding the game. So it doesn't matter who's in front of you. As a centre-back, I've seen him 
rollicking his right back while the game was going on and it did matter that it was Bayern Munich because you had one of the best strikers in the world who just walked off him and he was running towards the right back and the Bayern Munich player picked up the ball slotted it straight into Lewandowski mm. bang goal yeah. now my point is it doesn't matter if you're a Rolls Royce Rolls Royces that would I would say you'd be on the side of the M4 with your hazards on because you've just made a massive ricket you don't do that in the, in the course of a game you wait until that's gone over the bar or wide and then you'd go over to your right back and say we've got to say but to do that during the game that's something I haven't seen for I don't think I've seen really on a football pitch not at that level anyway so would he look like a Rolls Royce in the championship I think that's the dilemma most premiership teams face when they come down they actually think Cigar on his championship will run all over him mm. we've got to look at this, the stats of how many teams come down and bounce straight back Got to tell you a little anecdote here, though, with Blakey talking about footballing centre-backs and all that. I've actually seen, he probably won't thank me for saying this, but I've actually seen Blakey play centre-half to Cardiff, albeit very, very rarely. Um, and in those, listen, this is before you reaffirmed and answered John Stones' footballing centre-backs were an absolute rare commodity in mm. those days. I think Alan Hansen had been just about the, the only one several years before. And I was looking at this thinking, do you know what? Cardiff and Wales could have a brilliant football in centre back here. Mm. And Blake you got to love defending. You got to love defending. Absolutely. Words into and that's, why I, that's what I didn't. I didn't like defending. I didn't enjoy. I was an attacker all my life and I, I loved taking people on. I loved. It wasn't even scoring goals. I loved providing goals as much as I loved scoring goals. So for me, and it was almost. Uh, and this is not trying to sound big-headed or anything, it was too easy. Yeah. Mm. It was too easy playing centre-back. It wasn't. A, it, I didn't see it as a challenge. I seen it as, I'm only having to take on a striker who hates defending anyway. That's easy. And then when the game opens up, I just run and I pass it to one of my midfielders or a wide or a striker or go all the way and have a shot. Mm. I just found it. And I just didn't love the position, simple as that. So, okay, two bits of news bulletin, Blakey. I want your snap opinion on before we go into mm. Sheffield Wednesday and the weekend. Two two bits of news that have broken on this Wednesday morning mm. as we record this. Kieran Richardson signing on loan for Granada in La Liga under Tony Adams. Okay, signing on trial, should I say? Okay. Your uh, initial reaction to that news? Uh, surprised. Um, Did you see anything of him at Cardiff? I've seen him at Cardiff and I actually went in sign. I thought he was a very good signing. But I don't really know what's happening or what's happened to him because you'd think he could still run. He was still quite aggressive. He's still quite strong. And you thought, well, he'd stand out in the championship. Classic case. Premiership player will stand out in the championship. Walk it. If we use your analogy from a minute or two ago. It was it was almost too quick for him. Mm. The, the the game, you know, the end to end, the 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 Saturday Tuesday it was almost too much for him, and he wasn't playing. So when he did get in, it was almost like it, he just couldn't keep up with it. It was too much for him. So surprised at that news, but uh, I was surprised that 
Tony Adams was 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 given the job. You know, obviously he's qualified, but I I don't think anyone's seen that coming. I didn't see that coming. So another manager who's got another job, Russell Slade, at Grimsby Town. Yeah, what a journey it's been for Russell. Yeah, old big nut, my old Marcus, my old mate. Uh, I was surprised. I was very very surprised actually. And him getting the sack because um, when they were in around the playoffs, I think they sold their best, their top scorer. I think. Grimsby. Is it Omar Bogle? Was it? it went to win. Yeah, I think that's right. I think he, they sold their top striker, and then Marcus was expected then to almost continue the playoff push. Mm. But I'm like, well, goals as we know, they don't come easy. It's very, very difficult to get a goal scorer, and when you do, and you're on the the verge of the playoffs, then if you sell him, chances are you're not going to be on the verge of the playoffs. So for them to be where they are, mid-table, or just by mid-table, or just round about mid-table, doing okay, you know, I thought next season they'd have a proper go at it. But um, surprised that my mate got sacked. And even a bigger surprise was to see uh, Russell Slade get appointed. Love to see how Russell gets on. So on to the weekend then, chaps. I'll start with you here, Paul, and a Warnock return to his hometown, the Steel City. Ooh. They don't particularly like Warnock at Hillsborough, I believe. Now the Blues ate the Blades, mate. So this this is what Warnock said um, on this game. He said, "I'm used. I'm, I like playing against Sheffield Wednesday, but I'm used to being in a higher division than them." <laughs> that was his early bar. <laughs> is this one to to wet the appetite? Yeah, I think particularly on the back of a win, he, he's clearly going to have his team up for it there. I just think that they've got more to play for, they've got momentum, they've got good players. Cardiff don't have a good record up there. Mm. I think it, it's... I think Cardiff get a result. I think I think the pressure's on Wednesday. Yeah. Right? Because they need a result. Cardiff don't, but they have a manager who does not want to lose to this team above any in the division, I guarantee you. Because when you're a blade, <laughs> which I am, and you go to the blue side of the city, well, if you can walk through from one end to the other without losing your life, you're lucky. Trust me, because <laughs> it's uh, it, it, it can get Police a bit. Police escort for it, Warner, Oh, most definitely. But he'll love it. Oh, you know, I played in the chef. I played in the steel derby. I think it was twice, three times. Um, scored three or four goals against your Des Walkers and people like that in them days. Fantastic occasion, really is. But uh, being a blade, going into the blue half of the city, listen, he will not want to lose that game, hundred percent. He'll, you know, he'll be. I would have thought he'd be really like getting the players up for that because it's first and foremost personal to him. Nothing worse than standing there when they're twenty-eight thousand fans are arming you, saying you're getting sacked in the morning and stuff like that. Because that's what happened. I've seen all sorts too. It's, it's going to be it's going to be one to look forward to, I believe. So we'll have predictions and we'll get the fans in on on this as well. So everyone around the table, score a prediction for this weekend, starting in the corner, please, with Jamie. Um, I think Cardiff will go up and try and defend it up. I can see Sheffield Wednesday look going for the promotion last minute corner one nil. What's no. real analysis? One nil Cardiff, no. Phil. Fear to go against Paul for the second time. I'm going to stick with him on this. Sheffield Wednesday though, it looks so good when they beat Newcastle. So I'm going to go. Don't want to say, but I'm going to go three-one Wednesday. 
Okay. I'm going to go for a real ding-dong of a battle. I think uh, I think Cardiff will score first. I think Wednesday will come back in. I'm going to go 3-2 Cardiff. Can't wait to see that. Paul? Mm. I think it'll probably be a tight, tense game. Pressure on Wednesday. Big crowd. Good Friday crowd. Cardiff have got good defenders. But I think they've got Forestieri. who might just nick it for them. So, 1-0 Wednesday. Okay, I'll say 1-1, I think. Warnock. Like you just says. sit on the fence, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay, there. You're wobbling a bit. <laughs> Tell you what, it's nice and comfy on this fence. <laughs> just agreeing with you, Blake. <laughs> right, that's all for now. Chaps, all for this week. We'll be back at the same time next week. And don't forget, you can follow all the latest Cardiff City news on Wales Online. And we'll see you again soon.